welcome to the third episode of the Lux Sci podcast. I'm Dr. Lex, PhD, infectious disease expert, podcast host, person who is eternally cold. So for our third episode, I drew inspiration from the change in the weather here in the Pacific Northwest. It's gotten rainy and cold, and all I want to do is throw on something warm and cozy and curl up with a book and a cup of tea. Predictable, I know, but a time-tested strategy for dealing with cold and dark. So what is the pinnacle of cozy luxury? I'd say definitely cashmere. When I think of something warm and soft and wintry, it's always cashmere. While cashmere has become more accessible over the years, it is still synonymous with luxury. Also for this episode, I took a note from my brother who remarked that our last episode on sequins wasn't really about the science of sequins so much as a fun acronym that happened to spell sequin. So today we'll dig deep into the genetic markers of cashmere and delve into a little synthetic materials science. You have been warned. But first, some fun facts about cashmere. In case you don't know, cashmere is wool specifically from goats. Cashmere comes from the soft undercoat of specific breeds of goat as opposed to the coarser guard hair and is produced from the secondary as opposed to the primary hair follicle. Um, Similar material, mohair, is produced by the primary and secondary hair follicles. So, some differences. I didn't know that there were primary and secondary hair follicles in goats. This podcast has me going down rabbit holes so deep, I'm afraid I'll bump into the Cheshire Cat one of these days. I am continually learning more than I ever thought I would want to know about the topics we explore, and that has been very fascinating for me, and I hope it is for you too. But back to the cashmere. The wool is collected in the spring molting season, and the softer hair is separated from the coarser hair and used to make the cashmere yarn. The name is thought to have originated from an anglicized version of cashmere with a K, which is the name of this specific type of shawl introduced to Europe in the 19th century. Cashmere shawls have a specific cashmere weave and are traditionally made from chatouche or pashmina wool. These shawls were originally designed for Indian men, but have gained popularity all over the world and spawned the global cashmere trade. While cashmere can seem like a distinctly Western material, it's important to note that this product's origin and deep history is in the Kashmir region of Asia, in addition to Afghanistan, Pakistan, and India, and currently the world's biggest cashmere producer is China, followed closely by Mongolia and then Afghanistan. Since China is the world's biggest producer of cashmere, it makes sense that scientists there would be researching what drives cashmere production in goats. So 20 beads of goats from China yield 75% of the cashmere produced worldwide. Thus, optimizing goat breeding is of great economic importance as well as scientific interest. So a research group led out of the Institute of Animal Sciences at the Chinese Academy of Agricultural Sciences in Beijing set out to study the biological characteristics of the genes that drive cashmere production. See, there's a little bit of a method to my madness. Last episode, we learned about genetic sequencing, and this episode, we'll learn about how sequencing is put to use in research. So, science exists of a bunch of fundamental building blocks of knowledge that allow you to then explore even outside of your own area of expertise. And I hope that you'll start taking those fundamental building blocks of knowledge and exploring into the scientific communities as well. So this research team out of the Chinese Academy of Agricultural Sciences compared the genetic sequences from Inner Mongolia and Liaoning cashmere goats with non-cashmere Huanghui goats. They used what's called a fixation index, and 
the fixation index is a method to identify potential genes that are different between populations. It's a measure of population differentiation based on genetic structure, or in other words, using genetics to determine how related animals are and where and when they differentiate from each other on an evolutionary tree. Using this fixation index, index and other techniques, the team identified a few genes that have potential biological functions related to cashmere trait. So one of the genes was uh, WNT, or WNT10A, and the other is CSN3. So you might be asking, how did they do that? So broadly speaking, they look at the multiple genomes from the goats, and they identify what were called SNPs. So SNPs are single nucleotide polymorphisms. And while that's a long name, it's a relatively short concept. SNPs are what they sound like, a single nucleotide or base. Remember from last, the A's, the T's, C's, the G's that make up DNA. And so this is a single nucleotide that is different between chromosomes in a population at a specific gene. A good example is you're looking at me and you, and you're looking at the same gene. And in me, that gene has an A as the sixth base pair, whereas in you, that gene has a G as a sixth base pair. So that is a single nucleotide polymorphism. So they looked at all of these SNPs across the different breeds of goats, and for genes that overlapped between the different uh, methods that they used, they, used to they defined those as candidate genes with what they called strong selection signatures. So those are the genes that have been conserved across the various cashmere goat species. They then used gene pathway analysis to identify potential modes of action for those two genes. Like what are those genes actually doing in the goats? And genetic pathway analysis is really interesting. So you run your gene sequencing and then you put that into database to see what that sequence means. So like the sequence equals that gene, right? And then you're like, well, what does that gene do? Most of the time we don't know, especially in a species like humans where you're not going to necessarily remove a gene not even necessarily. You're not going to do to remove a gene and see what happens in humans. So much of that work has been done in laboratory mice. Because laboratory mice, since they're bred, you can knock out or remove a gene or knock in or add a gene and then see what happens to the mouse, both phenotypically, like, oh, wow, look, that white mouse is now brown, or in a signaling pathway, oh, that mouse that wasn't allergic to something now is, right? then that information is collected in a huge database so that you can say, okay, well, we have this WNT10A gene in goats that we're not totally sure what it does, but what does it do in mice? And you might not think that you have a lot in common with a mouse, but genetically, we have a fair amount in common with a mouse. So it's a good place to start, at least. So that's what the researchers did here. They compared the known function in mice of the genes that they saw that were conserved in the cashmere goats. And they said, all right, what do these genes do? Well, the Wnt gene, remember we have Wnt10a to be very specific, but the Wnt's are a family of genes and they are signaling molecules. So they signal something to do something else. And in this case, they regulate hair follicle initiation and development. And interestingly enough, these are found in humans as well as mice. And the CS N3 gene was a little bit more challenging for the investigators. They believe it to be involved in 
hair follicle development as well, but they need to verify that and to research it further to find its exact role. Some additional genes that they found related to hair growth include PAD12, which is a group of genes responsible for forming the major amino acid in the inner root sheath in a portion of the hair follicle, and FOXP1, which regulates hair follicle stem cells. Because you think about it, your hair is constantly regenerating, right? So there's stem cells in there somewhere, but you don't necessarily want them to run them up. I mean, maybe you do actually in cashmere goats, you get more cashmere. If you're talking about natural selection here, they don't want the hair follicles to run amok. And so there are regulatory genes that will suppress the stem cells. So recap for this portion, researchers sequenced the genomes of several breeds of goats and then performed comparisons to see the differences in the presence or abundance of the genes and to see what genes are specific to cashmere production. They did this by identifying common genes in the cashmere goats and then comparing those genes to what is known about those genes in other species i.e. mice, to get an idea of how the genes could be functioning in the goats. They also looked at the genetic evolution of these traits to see when species may have diverged or when intentional breeding may have changed the genetic makeup of the goats. Research such as this allows farmers to select for the best cashmere in their flocks and to breed for those traits. You know, sort of akin to genetically modified organisms, but without the laboratory genetic manipulation. Fun side fact, did you know that genetics was discovered by a monk while crossbreeding pea plants? This monk, Mendel, noticed that certain plants produce certain traits when bred with each other, and he painstakingly worked out what we call Mendelian genetics, which is how genes are inherited and you know what makes a dominant gene versus a recessive gene and what traits such as pea flower color will happen if you cross different plants. So essentially, we've been genetically modifying organisms for a really, really long time. So that's a little about the genetics of cashmere wool, but what about the fiber itself? I found an article in the journal Molecules, which is like the best name for a journal I've come across in a while, looking at the structure and properties of modified cashmere fibers. So cashmere fiber has some excellent properties that make it so sought after. It's versatile, it's light, it's soft. I'm wearing cashmere, so I can test this. Very soft, flexible, and has reasonable moisture absorption. However, the structural and chemical components of cashmere, which differ from other wools, lead to some drawbacks. I think we're familiar with some of these, like the easy shrinkability of cashmere. Now it doesn't really wear that great. Additionally, when knitted into fabric, cashmere fibers can absorb dust, sweat, and bacteria from the environment, super gross, which accelerates the degradation of the cashmere fibers. So industry practice currently is to treat the surface of the fiber to overcome some of these limitations. And it can be done, this treatment can be done in a number of ways, including, including plasma irradiation, ultrasonic treatment, changing the actual structure of the fiber, or chemical reagents. This phrase, plasma irradiation, intrigued me. It sounds like something out of a science fiction movie, but instead it is my personal scientific nemesis, nemesis it's physics. Plasma can be considered a fourth state of matter alongside solid, liquid, and gas. Plasma happens when atoms in a gas become ionized, resulting in a substance with equal numbers of positively and negatively charged particles. It can be produced in a lab by heating glass, gas to extremely high temperatures. Pretty nifty, right? And apparently used as a pretreatment for cashmere. I think that's some space-age material science going on right there. The team of researchers in the paper from the 
August 2020 edition of Molecules, led by uh, Zhifeng Li at the College of Light Textile Engineering and Art, in, again in China. They thought that there could be a better alternative for cashmere treatment using a substance called chitosin. So chitosin is a linear polysaccharide, aka a sugar. So when you hear polysaccharide or anything with saccharide, sugar, from the Greek word sachari, for sugar. Um, and its chitosin is found in chitin. So chitin might sound familiar. It's the exoskeleton of arthropods, which is bugs, but also crustaceans, which are super yummy. And it's also found in the cell walls of fungi. And it's a non-toxic and has good antibacterial activity. And chitosin is currently, and chitin itself, are currently used pretty widely in the biomedical field as an antibiotic on items such as artificial skin or scaffolds or matrices are used in surgeries. So currently the process of treating cashmere with chitosin involves chemical cross-linking agents or again plasma radiation or none of which are ideal from a manufacturing standpoint. So the authors of this paper developed a method, method to oxidize chitosin, thus creating the opportunity to graft the chitosin onto the cashmere via a reaction between the chitosin itself and the amino acids in the cashmere fiber. So let's break down that sentence a little bit. Oxidation is a loss of electrons from a molecule, which leads to a charged molecule or an ion. So anytime you say ion, ionization, there's a charge. This loss of electrons from the chitosin causes it to want to bond to another molecule to get itself back to a neutral charge. Molecules are always trying to get themselves back to a neutral charge, and that's why you end up with bonds that hold things together. So in this example, the chitosin bonds to the amino acids in the cashmere, thus coating the cashmere with the chitosin. After the cashmere grafting, the resulting fibers had antibacterial properties against Staphylococcus aureus and Escherichia coli, or E. coli, and displayed an increased crease resistance and moisture regain. So second recap, we learned that the hair follicle growth in the secondary follicle of cashmere goats is driven by a complex genetic pathway that includes genes such, such as CSN3 and Wnt10a. We also explored how cashmere fibers compare to other wool and how it is treated to overcome some of its deficiencies. But not all is perfect in the world of cashmere. One of my good friends has requested that I explore the environmental aspects of applicable podcast topics, and this one was definitely ripe for it. According to a Harper's Bazaar article from 2020, cashmere makes up 40 bi $4 billion of the $60 billion luxury market. Fast fashion industry has meant an increased demand for cashmere globally, with most of the cashmere coming from Mongolia and China, and since goats are grazing animals, this can have a huge environmental impact. For example, 90% of Mongolia is deemed fragile dry land prone to desertification, according to the United Nations Development Program. And grazing animals, like goats, can quickly use up land resources. Cashmere goats eat about 10% of their weight in grass a day, and they eat very close to the roots, thereby destroying the plants. So they have a significant contribution to the desertification of any given area. The growing demand for cashmere has led to the increased demand for grazing land for the goats and more natural environment degradation. The National Resource Defense Council recommends minimizing cashmere usage until a more sustainable practices can be developed. So what's the secret of soft, cozy items to do? I wouldn't really recommend synthetic fibers necessarily because they have their own issues, but there are sustainable cashmere outfitters out there that I recommend you go and look for. So our glossary of terms that we learned today 
A SNP is a single nucleotide polymorphism or one nucleotide difference between individuals in the same gene. Plasma is a state of matter that can consists of a gas of ions or charged particles. Oxidation is the loss of electrons from a molecule and polysaccharides are sugars. Thank you again for listening to this episode of Luxi. A very special thank you to my audio engineer, Demos. Our theme music is Harlequin Mood by Birdie. If you have a correction, comment, or praise, you can reach me at drlex at luxsci.com. That's L-U-X-E-S-C-I.com. We're on Twitter and Instagram at LuxSciPod. Check us out there for our weekly science tidbits. And our website is luxsci.podcastpage.io. If you like us, please subscribe. If you really like us, please leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'll see you again in two weeks. 